Hi, hi, Achievers. This is Tarika Wheeler, your career and mindset strategist, and this is another episode of the Professional DNA Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. <clears throat> I am um, super excited about today because I, we're going to talk about a topic that I think sometimes just gets uh, glossed over and we don't give um, enough acknowledgement and nod to the word change. You get, yeah, the word change. I think sometimes we're so concerned and even fearful of change that we don't acknowledge it when we need to in the workplace. And when I say acknowledge, I mean that we don't take it seriously enough to ensure that we actually do change right. Change management is critical. And whether if you are a leader or you are um, someone who's working on a team within the organization, what have you, change management is so critical to acknowledge and understand. And so you hear people say, be the change you want to see. Well, that's what today's episode is all about. Be the change that you want to see and how can you truly lead effective change management? And leading change management doesn't always happen at the leadership level. Leading change, change management can happen throughout the team, throughout the organization, at different levels of uh, different employees that are within the company. So that's why I want to talk about that today. And I hope you're ready. Get a notebook. Let's stop taking change for granted. And let's really dig into how you can be, how you can truly be the change that you want to see because no one wants to go through the rocky roads and the ups and downs of change. We want it to go smoothly. You can actually ensure it goes smoothly if you truly see it through the eyes or see it through the lens of, I want to be the change that I want to see. So today we're talking about leading effective change management, and I can't wait to share with you. Get your notebook. I'll be right back. Right, guys we're back and we're talking about change change management how can you effectively lead change management no matter what level you are no matter where you are in your professional journey no matter the title that you hold within the company we all have a, a role in change management and you can actually lead change management without being a manager a director or what have you it really isn't always about the title when it comes to change management. And so I want you to be careful with that. I will say though, there are change management practitioners, like those who are amazing at really facilitating change within an organization. And we'll talk about some of those uh, certificates and trainings and things that you can do if it's something that you're really interested in, because there's a science to it. There's incredible frameworks around change management. And again, like I said, you could become a change management practitioner, but we're, we're going to take it one level up from that. So we're not going to go that deep today. I really want to get you to kind of understand the elements of change management and kind of, if you are a leader, what are some of the traits and such that you should have if you are leading change management across the organization? But then again, like I said, regardless if you're a leader or not, you may be in a position to do change. You may be in a position to lead change in a, in a company, in your team. And there's some things that you just absolutely have to be aware of and knowledgeable of in order to do it effectively. So I want to share this quote with you from, um, it's a Socrates quote. And it says, the secret of change is to focus all of your energy, not on fighting the old, 
but on building the new. Get the ending of that, not by fighting the old, but building the new. Here's the thing, when change occurs, a lot of times our automatic kind of barrier of protection comes up because we're like, wait, 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 don't, don't go change in my world. Don't, we, why, why do we need to do something differently? This is the way we've always done it. Why do we need to institute this new process? Why are we having to I don't know, move to a new building? Whatever it may be. Change doesn't always have to be something that is a, a process or uh, something that is changing within a particular institution. Change could be something as simple as we're moving from one building to a next or one floor to another. We are shifting from um, utilizing one software and now we're going to use another. It doesn't always have to be a significant process that's changing or that we want to uh, change the way an organization communicates or executes something. It doesn't always have to be, as people say, that deep, right? But change, change. And change impacts people differently. And what Socrates quote, what I love about it, it's just like, don't focus on the negative piece of this. Don't focus on the fact that, you know, you want to kind of fight for the old, right? You're trying to put your stake in the ground and you want to fight for the old. It wants you to focus on building the new. And here's where you come in because as beautiful as that sounds, like we appreciate you, Socrates, as beautiful as that sounds. It's difficult. It's difficult. And that's why the space of change management, the field of change management is so critical because we assume that people know how to handle change. We assume that people will automatically go with the flow of the new. And so where it comes into the building of the new to put the focus there. That's where you can support you putting the focus there of building the new and helping others shift their focus to building the new. And when change management is done correctly and you've got a collaborative process in which you're going about change management, you're bringing people along into the process. You're not just making decisions and throwing change at their faces. Then change is more likely to go more smoothly, right? It's a very collaborative and participatory process. And I think where some companies and organizations go wrong is they try to implement change without including those who the change is going to happen with and or for. Now, I'm not saying that every single time something gets changed in the organization, you have to run it by your employees or you have to, you know, you have to talk to your staff about it. But depending on what the actual change is, there is a way to communicate it effectively and there is a way to implement it effectively. And that is through change management right? We've got to manage change. So I want to share um, just a couple of things with you around change management before we dig into a couple of areas. So again, what is change management? I actually want to give you the definition so you understand what it is. It sounds simple, right? Change management is managing change. Okay, well, let's take it one more level um, and go a little bit deeper. Change management is a systematic approach to dealing with the transition or transformation of an organization's goals, processes, or technologies. Okay, I'm going to say that one more time. Change management is a systematic, catch that, systematic, which automatically tells you we're not just throwing change at anyone because you're taking a systematic approach to dealing with the transition, right? So we could be transitioning from one thing to another or transformation 
which is a much larger activity or initiative that could be taking place where you need to completely transform the way something is operating, okay? Of an organization's goals. So maybe the organization had a focus last quarter, but now there's been some changes and there needs to be a new focus and new goals of processes, which is typically where we see a lot of change management implemented, where you're wanting to uh, change, you know, perhaps it's something as simple as changing from one uh, payroll or accounting system to another, right? And, and that sounds simple, but that is a huge change management process that happens within organizations or technologies. If we're trying to implement a new technology, a new platform, a new tool in an organization, and that company or that organization has been using the same tool for some time. You have to train staff. You got to make them aware of the fact that the change is coming. Why is it coming? There's all of these different elements that you want to share. And so that's what I want to dig in today. Here's the thing. And this is what, you know, when I talk about not taking change for granted and embracing it, you have to realize that, you know, believe it or not, we all encounter change at some time in our life. In the workplace, you're not excluded from it. You're not excluded from it. Change is inevitable. And we must understand it and learn how to lead it and cope with it. And I don't mean cope with it from a negative sense, but cope with it so that you can really be about the change, right? Embrace the change. And then you want to be able to lead people through it because it's not always easy. It's not always pretty. And all changes that have to happen within the workplace are not always going to be met with fun and confetti and excitement. A lot of times change is met with, met with resistance, right? But again, it's also about how did you introduce the change in the first place? And so those are the things that I want to talk about today. I want to explore kind of both sides. I want to look at some of the things that are about change management and things that you should be considering if you are going to be in a position to where you're leading a change initiative in your company or organization. And then I want to talk about how to cope with it. How do you cope with change in the workplace and what does that look like, right? How can you do that effectively? And then I want to briefly, I'm going to start with, I want to briefly talk about three core leadership skills because we have been doing, our leadership series is over. And I thought about this being a part of that, but honestly, it, I, I pulled it out of the leadership, leadership series. Okay. So little back in, I pulled it out of the leadership um, series for this one reason. If you are a leader or aspiring leader, fantastic. And I definitely think there are skills that you need to have and change management is one of them. However, I will tell you that I want people to understand. I want you to get this achievers. You don't have to be a leader in your organization to lead a change initiative. You could lead a change initiative initiative as an administrative assistant. You could lead a change initiative as um, you know support staff within an organization. You can lead a change initiative and not have a title of manager, director, VP, et cetera. So that's why I pulled it out of the series because I wanted you to be able to connect with it at, as change management is something that I can do regardless if I'm on a leadership path or not. Okay, so that's why I pulled it out a little bit of back end as I'm planning things for you, a professional DNA podcast. I just wanted you to know I, that's why I pulled it out because I want you to understand the change management leadership, right? Leading a change initiative can happen at all different levels. So, but talking about 
the leading of change management, the leading of that in organization, I, there's three C's. So here's where first notes, if you haven't taken any yet, <laughs> there's three C's that I want you to really remember and think about, especially as we're talking through this today. But I also want you to think about this if you do have the opportunity to actually lead a change initiative in your company or organization. So the three C's are communicate, collaborate, and commit. Communicate, collaborate, and commit. So the communication of change is critical. And again, this is where I, I talked about, you know, you can't take change for granted. You have to effectively communicate the change. And that is not an email. It's not just an email. It's not just a memo that you post in the break room, right? Or that you post a note in Teams. When you are communicating significant change, they are, there's layers to it, right? There's layers to it. And there's a sequence in which you need to communicate. And so that's a skill that's really important. Collaborate. You need to collaborate at different levels depending on what type of change there is. So you may be collaborating directly with staff so that they can be vested within the change, or you might be collaborating with various stakeholders and leadership across the organization, or you may be collaborating with external uh, stakeholders, but you're collaborating with them so that they see the need for the change. They can be a part of the change. They have a vested interest in it because you've collaborated with them before you rolled it out. How many times has change happened in the organization and you say, it would have been great if they talked to us about this, right? How many times have things changed and you're like, why are we doing this this way? Like, I understand we need to make the change, but this would have been a little bit more um, user-friendly or this would have been a little bit more of a productive way so that it wasn't disruptive to the current way that we're delivering a service or we're delivering um, a deliverable for clients, right? So that comes with either there was lack of communication or there was a lack of collaboration. If that is the response of those who are needing to actually implement and be a part of the change. And then the last one is commit. Once you've communicated that you're going to have a change that's happening, and once you've collaborated with those who need to be a part of the chain and embrace the chain, so that they can actually now switch over, right? They can transition and or transform. You've got to stay committed to the change. And this is where organizations fumble, right? This is where they fumble the ball. Once you roll out change, you need to stay committed to the change. Stay, stand behind your decision. Just because you have those who are not you know, embracing the changes you would hope and you see a lot of resistance in certain areas. If this is a change that you know is going to significantly impact your organization or company or team in a mighty way, right? You know what the return on the investment of this change is going to be. You know what the impact, the desired impact of this change is going to be. Then commit to it. Don't start backing down because then you start to lose your credibility. So you've got to be sure about the change itself but then once you begin to communicate it and you're collaborating and you're bringing people into the fold, you got to commit to that thing. You cannot start to fall back and retreat because number one, you'll lose the credibility. credibility, And then number two, it's going to be really hard to move that change forward as you're wavering as the change leader, right? The one who was helping to lead this change initiative. If you're wavering back and forth, they're going to lose confidence in that this is really what needs to happen in order for a transition or transformation to happen within the company or organization. Does that make sense? So those three C's are absolutely critical. What I want to do is take a really quick break, and then I want to come back and talk to you about the seven R's of change. 
the seven R's of change. Before we talk about coping with change management, I want to talk about the seven R's of change because it's these seven R's, which are essentially seven questions that you need to take yourself through if you are in a position where you're going to be leading a change in your team, in your company, organization, what have you. So take a quick break, uh, spruce those notes up, and I'll be right back. All right, guys, so let's keep rocking. I'm back and I want to talk with you about the seven R's of change. Really what this is, is kind of a series of questions that you should be thinking about when you're in a position to where you're leading change in your organization or team. Okay. So the first thing is, is you want to think about who raised the change. Where did, where, where's the foundation of the change? Who's actually asking for the change to occur? And why that's important is because it's that critical stakeholder that needs to be a part of actually driving and implementing and setting criteria around the change. So it's who actually raised the change in the first place, right? It's like, where to come in the first place? Who actually said we got to do this? That that's a key stakeholder as you in, in for you if you're leading the change. And you've got to be able to manage their expectations, work with them closely to ensure that whatever the or the ask is, right? Whatever's been raised is actually executed. So that's the first R is raised. Okay. If you're trying to track the R's, okay, seven R's. The second is reason. What is the reason for the change? So we talked about it being the systematic process in the way that you would address a transition or a transformation. So when you're asking yourself, what is the reason for the change? Is this why? What's going wrong? Or what's going well that you want to now adopt something fully and change it across an entire team? Sometimes, and I think this is where we we get a little bit confused, is that change is not always happening because something is going wrong. Change might happen because actually something is going well, or it's going well in one area of a team or organization, and you are looking to use that as a model and transition other teams to work in that way or transform other teams to take on that practice. So it's not always, change doesn't always come out of something that's bad. And that's something that we've got to shift our beliefs around that. Change is not bad. Change presents opportunity, but in the way that change is implemented, right? The way change is managed, that's where it gets critical, right? And we say that's where, you know, the rubber meets the road. So you want to know what is the reason, okay? So that was the second R, reason. The next R is return. What return is required from the change? So if there's a particular change that's implemented, what is the desired outcome, right? What is the return that's supposed to be happening after this change is fully implemented? Change management takes time and there could be several layers of change management. And I would say even some processes around change management can be iterative to where for a while, you're kind of, you're implementing, you're going back, you're tweaking things, you're implementing, you're going back, you're analyzing, you're tweaking things, right? You're in this iterative cycle. But you've got to understand at the end, once the change is fully implemented, right? Everything is set in place. What is the actual return that's required, right? What's the desired outcome? What's the return and all this investment in change management and getting 
team members, getting organizations, getting a full company to shift, to transition, to transform, what is the expectation on the other end? What's the return that we're looking for? And the reason why that's so important is when I talked about, you know, the three C's and being able to commit to the change, if you don't understand what the return is on the end of this change initiative, it's going to be hard to commit to it. You have to know what the end goal is. You have to know that after this change is in place, here's what we're expecting to go forth. Okay. The next R is risk. And this is a big one. And, you know, I've got my kind of PM hat on, my project management hat on, because change management definitely happens quite a bit within project management, but so does risk management. And so in, in this question, I want you to ask yourself, what are the risks involved with this change? And just because there are risks involved does not necessarily mean that you don't pursue it, but you need to have a plan for mitigating your risk, right? So you've got to think about those risks on the front end so that you can actually plan for them. You could have some contingencies just in case something occurs and it might need some additional resources. You want to have kind of a contingency reserve, if you will. So it's, it's again, you hear risk. And you hear um, reasons why, and, and it starts to shift you into a negative, a negative thought. And I want to pull you back in and say, understanding your risk on the front end is good. Everything has a risk. Everything. Everything has a risk. Rather, and, and it not, might not necessarily be bad, but you want to think about it on the front end just in case so that you can have plans to address it so that you can prevent it from happening, Right. Or you can accept the risk because sometimes we are saying, you know what, this is an acceptable risk and we're going to move forward with this. Or you can put some strategies in place to say if this risk starts to approach or if the risk happens and we had, you know, it hit us from the left and we weren't looking for it, we've got some reserves to be able to handle it, right? We have a plan in place to be able to handle it. But this is why risk management is so critical. And you've got to think about in this R, this step. You've got to think about what are the risks involved with this change. If there are risks that you identify that are so great, then there may be some elements of the change that need to be addressed. Okay. All right. So the next one, we're almost through. The next one is resources. What resources are required to actually deliver the change? What do you need? What people resources do you need? What technologies do you need? How much money do you need? Right? Change is costly a lot of times, which is why you got to plan it and manage it correctly because it's costly and it can get real expensive if you don't have a strategic approach to change management, right? If you're not following some of the uh, change management frameworks and, and best practices that are out there to lead a change initiative. So, but you got to know what resources that you need. And all of these things are questions that you need to ask at the front end of the change, right? As, as soon as there's a change that is identified, right? This is, these are the R's that I want you to go through. And this one around resources is huge because sometimes what will happen in companies, and, and I've seen this before in projects I've worked on, organizations I've been in, is that we go forth with a change and we don't have enough money for the change. So it's like you jumped in and you didn't really even think about the resources that you needed. And now we're halfway through this process of change and there's not enough resources to actually complete the change. Okay. So that's a critical piece is understanding the resources. That's the next R. Okay. Next is res responsible. Who is responsible for the build? So remember I, I talked about that Socrates quote, right? And we're talking about building something new. Who is actually going to be responsible for the build? It might be you. 
it might be you. You well again, and I said change can happen at all levels. You know, I've been an organization to where one of our administrative assistants was responsible for implementing a change. I've actually been in an admin role to where I was responsible for changing the way that we were tracking our nursing licenses when I worked at a local children's hospital in Austin, Texas. That change was on me. I was the change, I was the one leading that change initiative from the system that we used to track it in to the next. Perhaps you're changing over a timekeeping system. Perhaps you're changing a technology in which you utilize, right? Whatever it may be, you need to understand who is actually responsible. Who is responsible for the building of the new and, and this shift, okay? That's so critical because you might need, not, not be responsible, but you may need to just be a part of the change, right? You may need to support the change, but it is definitely critical to know who's driving. Who's driving and who is actually responsible for building out this change initiative? And then the last R is relationships. The last R is relationships. And this is not relationship with individuals, right? Which that's also key is having relationship and building relationships with internal and external stakeholders, right? Simply who the who within the organization, right? Those are your internal stakeholders and who are outside of the organization, perhaps they're partners or, um, uh, you know, business partners or just partners that you engage with and collaborate with maybe at a community level as external stakeholders, but not that type of relationship. Here, this R, I'm talking about what is the re relationship between this change and other changes? So what happens so many times in organizations that there's multiple layers of change that's happening and we're not looking at the correlation between the two, or we're not looking at how one change can perhaps impact another. That if change A goes into place, how does that impact change B or change C? And you may think that they're not related and they could be happening in two different divisions or departments, but that's why communication is so key, right? And we talked about that, the three Cs. That's why communication is so key is because we have to understand across an organization, all of the change that's being facilitated. Because a lot of times, there's relationship between those two changes. And if, you know, the head is not talking to the, to the arm, we're going to have an issue. So it's so important that R there is relationship. But again, we're talking about the relationship between changes, right? Where might there be relationship between changes? How was that? Was that helpful for you? I, I hope so, because I really think that if we could start with these seven R's, it will change our perception and perspective around change, right? Because it'll help you strategically think through before you just start throwing change at people and rolling things out to really take these things into account. So I want to take a, um, a pause here to challenge you to do something. I want you to think about the last change that happened in the organization, regardless if you led it or not. And I want you to run it through these seven R's and think about where this, where things might've been missed. Okay. That's the first part of your homework. The second part of your homework is that I want you, especially for my achievers, you are ready to get to the next level. You're ready to level up. One of the things we talk about is taking on new things, taking on new responsibilities, taking on new projects. Is there something that needs to change or that is in the midst of change that you can start supporting? Is there an opportunity for you to lead a change initiative? And I want you to identify 
something like that within your company and organization within the next few months that you can assert yourself to. Because let me tell you something, change management is incredibly valuable. Um, it's more and more needed across companies and organizations these days. And it's a skill set that you can really put in your arsenal to bring additional what? Value. To demonstrate additional value. So that's your assignment. That's your assignment. I want you to think about some change that's happened before. Run it through the R's. Where might there have been some misses? You know, so you can kind of get yourself connected to, okay, yep, I see where this would have been beneficial to understand the relationship between changes. Ooh, yeah, we actually, you know, didn't really even think about the return that we really wanted. And now here we are with a change and we really didn't even know what we wanted at the end of the change. So I want you to take yourself through that. And then I want you to identify opportunities for you to get involved with change management in your company, in your organization, in your team. Simple things. You could work in retail and perhaps you want to change the way something is shelved, right? You want to change the process in which how um, things are going to happen for the holidays because it's going to get super busy and you want to uh, implement or, sh or recommend some changes so that there can be more efficient ways that things are happening. Like change happens at all levels, at all levels. So I want you to think about that. Okay. All right. We're going to take a super quick break, come back and then talk about how to cope with change in the workplace. I'll be right back. All right, guys, we are back. We're back and we're going to finish this episode on out. And I wanted to shift a little bit and talk about how to cope with change in the workplace. You know, and I don't mean to say cope like from a negative sense. It's really just how do you work through it? What are the things that you should be thinking about and arming yourself with as you are going through some type of change initiative, some type of change that's being managed within your organization. So there's about five things that I want to talk with you about um, and just explore a little bit, okay? So the first is thinking about coping with change in the workplace is how you can help others do so. So a lot of times if we're in a position to where we are leading change, we have to think about the person, the individuals, the teams that are being impacted by this change right? And how can you be helpful for them? So many times, guys, I've been in, in orgs where it's like, I said what I said, this is the change. This is what we're doing. No explanation, no discussion, no help to really get people to wrap their minds around it. And it's just like, this is what we're doing. And in those instances, those initiatives have failed and they failed because they weren't as productive and efficient. Everyone wasn't on board. Why? Because you didn't really help others come along the path. And that's what change management is all about. How do you systematically and strategically approach those transitions and those transformations? So you have to be willing to help. You have to be willing to help others, not tell others, right? We get into um, situations where people just want to tell. I don't want you to just tell others that something is changing. I want you to help them through this transition or transformation, right? Help them through the change. That's a part of change management. Another way that you can cope with change and change management in particular, um, but change within the workplace when you are being impacted by the change, right? So you're not the person who's leading the change, but you're being impacted by the change. I want you to embrace new opportunities. And when we talk about career advancement, there's so many things that you can do to embrace new opportunities when change comes about. Change brings forth opportunity. Let me tell you. Change brings forth 
opportunity. And if you can embrace those new opportunities, you might be positioning yourself for career advancement, right? So instead of shying away from the change, raise your hand and say, hey, I'd love to take on that new role. I'd love to um, be a part of this change initiative, or I'd love to support uh, this new change and take on any you know new roles or responsibilities or opportunities that are available to support this. That's going to show leadership that you are willing to not only be a part of the team, but you're also exhibiting good leadership skills and you're showing that you're ready for growth, right? And you're ready for growth in an area in which is going to help support their goals as a company, right? Their strategic plan by saying that, you know what? Yep. I know we have to do this change. It's been rolled out. I want to embrace new opportunities and see where there might be opportunity for me to be a larger part of that. So again, look at change as an opportunity for you, a career advancement opportunity even, because when changes have come about, that means there are things that are new, right? Change is about the new. What are we building that's new? So where is there a place for you to position yourself in the new? Okay. All right. The next one um, is about relationships. This one is huge because, and, and before we were talking about relationships, we were talking about relationships between change, right? So not being blind to the fact that there could be change happening simultaneously across an organization or team. We need to be mindful of the relationships between the different changes that are occurring. In this instance, I'm actually talking about the maintaining of relationships with colleagues, with leadership, with stakeholders. When change happens, it can be disruptive. And let me tell you something. Sometimes disruption is good. I want to be very clear. I want you as an achiever, I want you to be disruptive. I do. I want you to not align with just the status quo. I want you to shake things up. I want you to shake things up by demonstrating your value, uncovering opportunities for your teams and organizations and companies. I want you to be disruptive in a positive way. But what happens with relationships with stakeholders, whether if it's internal stakeholders like team members, leadership, um, you know, staff, et cetera, or if it's external uh, stakeholders and relationships that you have with partners, vendors, et cetera, when change comes about, it can be in it can impact those relationships. And you have to be very intentional about maintaining those relationships in the midst of change. So a great example, let's say you're changing accounting systems. And I, I keep going to accounting systems because I don't know what it is. <laughs> I just like to keep hearing from colleagues and others, like their companies are going to uh, new systems, new payroll systems and accounting systems, new timekeeping systems. Like it's just changing all over. So I don't know if that resonates with you, but there's been a lot of change in that regards. And so I just want to, I'm picking on that because it's like top of mind. But think about if you're changing your accounting system and you're changing the way invoices come out and perhaps they come out to your vendors in different ways. The last thing you want is for your vendor to receive an invoice and they're like, wait, what is this? What is this new format? What is this new system and new email that I'm receiving that I need to click on and now do this process versus the process I had to do before? Like you want to maintain that relationship with them and say, hey, let's say your vendor is um, an office supply vendor. Hey, I wanted to let you know that we're going through a couple changes in the organization right now that is impacting the way we are submitting um, our payments and how we are submitting invoices or how we are responding to invoices. So our accounts payable and accounts receivable processes are changing a bit. This should not act, impact your payment, but I wanted to let you know that you might see things a bit differently and we'll be getting some communication out to all of our vendors soon. 
You see how that's maintaining that relationship? It might take about six months, three months, however long it takes for the process to actually be completed, right? For the change to actually be completed. But you are building, you're maintaining, but also building stronger relationships when you are communicating with the end user or a person who's in the end, who's going to be ultimately impacted, right? You're looking across the entire change initiative and all the stakeholders that are going to be impacted and you're maintaining relationship with them. And one of the best ways to maintain relationship with them is to communicate that a change is coming, right? You, you don't even have to go into the details of what the full change is, but they do need to know that a change is coming and they will appreciate knowing that you and wanting to maintain those relationships, those positive relationships that you thought enough of them to actually communicate with them. I'm gonna tell you right now, it is irritating to receive something out of sequence or out of process. And you're like, wait a minute, I didn't know this is the way that we did this. I didn't know this is the way we were supposed to receive this information. And then someone says, oh yeah, we changed that three months ago. <laughs> oh, you did, did you? <laughs> like, okay. And think about the... The, what could have been saved there from a relationship standpoint? Because now I'm like, oh, you're not a good communicator. You don't know how to manage relationships within uh, your team, within your organization, with your vendors. I'm telling you right now, like you're impacting larger things when you don't think about the relationships that can be impacted by change. Think about this in your own personal relationships and within your household, right? Like I, you guys know, you know, mom of three, um, you're married. And if I'm not communicating of changes in my schedule, if I'm not communicating the changes in my schedule that might impact my kids or might impact my husband, like that's irritating. It's frustrating. And it's also disruptive in a negative way. Because what if they were counting on me to do something? If I didn't let them know that there was a change, why would they think that they couldn't count on me to do X, Y, and Z? You see what I'm saying? So when we talk about change management from a professional perspective, we also have to think about it holistically across life. And as parents, as you know, you're, you're and I'm talking about parents now, right? So my, you know, ambitious, driven parents who you want that successful career, you want to be able to advance in your career, but you also need to be present at home, right? You need to be a good wife, good mom, good significant other, um, good husband, good, whatever it may be, good father, good mother, good auntie, whatever it may be. Like, I want you to think about how you have to maintain relationships as things are changing both in your personal life and within your career. There has to be that work-life harmony. I don't believe in work-life balance because everything doesn't get the same amount of attention to be balanced out. There are seasons, there's ebbs and flows in which you need to be mindful of. But I do believe there should be a harmony and you disrupt that harmony when you don't communicate and maintain relationships in the midst of change, all right? All right, guys. All right, let's keep going. We're almost done. Um, I want you to accept rather than resist. Accept. I know this is a hard one. This is the one that stings. Don't turn me off. Don't turn me off. <laughs> I want you to accept rather than resist. Most of the time, by the by, once change gets to you, it is baked, ready to go. Baked, got icing on it cute little coconut flakes, whatever it may be, pick your dessert of choice. It is done and it's being served. And sometimes companies don't do a great job of change management and you're not included in the process. But when the change comes and if it's baked and ready to go, then I need you to think through ways of acceptance versus resistance. Resistance is not going to get you very far, especially if when we were talking about at the beginning, kind of the R's of change. And we were also talking about 
leadership skills, leadership skills that are needed from a change perspective, people are committed. You're hoping that by the time this change is happening and moving things forward, they're committed to the change. So if they're dug in, they're wedded, they're committed to the change, I need you to be in a posture of acceptance and not in a posture of resistance. Okay. Now you may say, well, Trika, what if it's just wrong, dead wrong? Why did they change this? Why did they do it? Then you need to learn how to go have a conversation and ask questions. And that goes back to those seven R's of change, right? That you want to know, hmm, well, what was the reason for this change? You know, understand that we're here and this is what we're doing, but I just want to kind of greater understand why did we change? What was what was the need or what is the benefit of this change? So see how that's that's a different attitude, a different posture from I don't even know why this changed. Why are they doing this this way? Right? Like we get we get real serious and the voice gets real tense and real tight when change starts disrupting our world. I want you to shift and I want you to accept be in a space of acceptance, be in a posture of acceptance and ask the right questions so that you can better understand how the change is going to impact you and what was the overall kind of goal and mission of this change so that you can also see where is there what? Opportunity, embracing opportunity for how you can engage and perhaps seek opportunity within this change. But if you're in a posture of resistance, First of all, you're not seeking out new opportunities. And second of all, you might potentially be damaging relationships because of how you are resisting versus accepting what could most likely be of great benefit to your company, organization, or team. Okay, so we really have to watch that. We have to watch that. And that's why change management is so important and how we communicate, which brings me to number five, brings me to the fifth one. In change management, as we're wanting to cope with change management within the workplace, you've got to over-communicate. You have to over-communicate. You have to give a sequence of communication that educates people about the change that's coming, but that also takes them along the path of the change. So like, let's say if we are changing the way in which we develop our reports and we're now switching from doing our reports in PowerPoint to now doing our reports in Word, two completely different formats of reporting. To just drop that in someone's lap is not okay. You're going from a very visual, not so many words report to a more narrative report in Word. You need to talk about that change. What's the purpose and the why of that change, right? You want to get and then take people along the process. When are we anticipating that this change will begin? How might you be able to leverage previous reports in PowerPoint that we're now going to be doing in Word? How might you leverage that work so that it is easy to transition? right? This is one of those changes that's a transition. But over-communication is key. What does success look like? Is there an example of what you would like to see? If it's never been done before, perhaps you give an outline, right? Give the tools and the resources. That's a way to over-communicate. A lot of times when change happens and you don't over-communicate, people start to miss the mark. Then we're not productive. We're not efficient. We're losing time. But if you over-communicate, you're more likely to be efficient and productive. And the performance in which you're looking for is more likely to be there because you have over-communicated the information that they need in order, whoever the change is impacting, in order for them to be successful at their job. Okay. So I also want you to put the lens on. Sometimes you feel like you get all these emails. You're like, why do they keep emailing us about this? And then you will be the first one to say, wait a minute. I didn't know that this was changing. 
Well, they were probably over trying to over communicate with you to let you know that it was coming. Okay. So I actually like the sales approach when it comes to communicating change, you know, in sales, there's like this funnel, right? And you get these constant emails and they're trying to pull you in and hit your pain points and pull on your emotions and pull on your purchasing power and all the types of things. And until you unsubscribe, you're going to keep getting emails from pick a company, any company, right? But I like that from a change perspective because you want to over communicate. You want your internal and external stakeholders to be crystal clear about what's happening and what's going to happen and what's coming so that the information was there. And then you also, you don't want to be in a place where you say, well, I sent you an email. What are other points in which you can convene those who will be impacted by the change so that you can reference them to the emails and communications that you've sent or the posts that you've made in Teams? Is it a team meeting or a stand-up call in which you say, as you know, you know, we are shifting from a PowerPoint-based report to a Word, more narrative report. There's a couple of announcements that we've put in Teams, and you should have been receiving a series of emails over the past few weeks. Please let me know if you have any questions. So you may say, can't they just read? Well, yeah, they should be able to, but you need to meet people at all levels because if you're committed to the change and you want to see the change to be successful, then let's be sure that we're helping others, right? That was number one. We're helping others. And one of the ways to help others is to over-communicate. Guys, change is not easy. And and this is why change management is one of those areas where people struggle because it is not an easy thing to do if you want to do it effectively. But I guarantee you, if you take these seven R's and you think about these five ways that we talked about how to cope with change in the workplace, it's going to help you take your change management efforts, whether if you're leading a change initiative or you are experiencing change, it's going to help you take it a a bit step further and hopefully help you adjust to change a little more easily. All right, guys, let's wrap this thing on up. I'll be right back. All right, guys, I am going to wrap this thing on up. I hope this has been helpful for you. Guys, I know change isn't easy. I know change can be difficult, especially within the workplace, whether if you are leading a change initiative or you are a part of the organization that is being impacted directly by the change. But if we really think about it, change is inevitable. It's going to happen. It's going to happen all around us in your personal and your professional life. And so it's better to be prepared right? Then to just always be so shocked every single time change happens. And one of the ways to do that is thinking about those seminars, thinking about, you know, who raised the change? What was the reason for it? What's the return that they're looking for on this change, right? Like what's the benefit of it? What are the risks? What resources are needed? Who is even responsible for building out this change initiative? And then relationships, rather the different relationships between various different change efforts that are going on at the same time. All of those are super critical. And then if you're trying to cope with change in the workplace, you know, we talked about five things. One, just helping others, being helpful and embracing new opportunities, especially through the career advancement lens. Like with change comes things that are new and there might be new opportunities there for you to take advantage of so that you can advance. Maintain relationships, internal, external stakeholders, folks that you engage with on a regular basis. Let's make sure that they're aware of the changes that are coming and that's a great coming and that's a great way to maintain relationships. Be in a posture of acceptance, guys. Don't feel like you got pushed back and resist on everything. Be in a posture of acceptance. And, and when you take yourself back to those seven R's, it might help you get there and then over communicate. 
when it comes to change, I'll be honest with you, it's hard to say there's too much communication because you want to be sure that you're reaching people and meeting people where they are when it comes to change and how it might be impacting them. So if you're interested in in getting more into change management, because again, it is an entire space, it's an entire field. Um, There's actually a couple of certifications, at least from folks that I know who are certified change management practitioners that I wanted to share with you. So one is um, the Prosky Change Management Certification, and this is in the the notes, I'll put this in the notes. The Persky Change Management Certification Program, it's a training course that takes anyone through um, the Prosky ADCAR model, and it's an ADCAR model for organizational change. It's really awesome, really great framework um, to to use. And I think it's about like a three-day training that you go through. It is pricey, don't get me wrong, but hey, you guys know professional development a lot of companies are paying for professional development. And because change management is so critical in this day and age, this might be an area where they're looking to have kind of a resident expert, a subject matter expert within the company, within the team. And that could be you. That could be you. And this might be something that they absolutely would be willing to invest in so that they have someone who could lead change initiatives in the organization. The other one that I wanted to share with you is the Change Management Institute. So they have a training as well. Um, It's the Change Management Institution Certification, CMI, um, in collaboration between CMI and um, the Accredited Change Manager Foundation. And so they have different levels levels of accreditation. They have like foundation, specialist, and master. Uh, So take that out. Check that one out as as well. Um, That might be something that you're you're interested in. Um, The other only one that I'm aware of, um, but don't know a lot about it, but I'll share it with you, is the um, Management and Strategy Institute. They actually have a a change management specialist certification. But the one that I hear the most about and that people really rave about, ones that I even know who are trained in, is the Prosky Change Management Certification. That's P-R-O-S-C-I. So check it out. If it's something that you're interested in, and if you're not interested in becoming a change management practitioner, that's cool. That's okay. But change is still inevitable and it's going to happen. And so I want you to be prepared for it. I want you to identify ways in which you can uh, be accepting of it instead of resisting it, and then also see where you can seek out opportunities. Guys, until next time, be sure you're following me, professional underscore DNA on Instagram, professional DNA on Facebook. If you are not a part of my Achiever community, I'd love for you to do so. Go to our website, um, www.yourpdna.com, and you can sign up for our community so that you get our weekly e-newsletter and just other communications from me um, to help you, career resources and affirmations and all types of things that will be helpful for you. And then... And um, if you are interested in taking things a little bit further, you're really ready to dive deeply into your career. You're ready to get to the next level. You're ready to be more strategic. Let's talk. And I'd love to do a discovery call with you. Um, You can go to my website. You can also go to Instagram, click the link in my bio. Let's schedule a free discovery call. Talk about where you are, where you want to be, and how you can strategically get there. You guys know how I feel about you, my achievers. You have everything inside of you to be your best and unique self. And what is that? That's your professional DNA. Have an amazing week. Bye.